We're in for a very special treat. Sonny and Susan Knatzer are here with us today. Sonny's going to be bringing the word. He is the leader of Church on the Rock Network of Ministers. He is one of the founders of the very well-known internationally famous church called Church on the Rock in Rockwall and the founder of Church on the Rock in Duncanville, now known as Arise Church. Sonny, we are so honored to have you. Good to be God here. God bless you, sir. Appreciate it. Ooh, what a privilege it is to be here on the first Sunday of January. You know, when I go to churches and I do a lot of traveling and in and out of churches and I observe, Jesus observed people when they gave. I observe people when they worship. I look around, I watch. And when I see a congregation worshiping, it tells me something about the church. First of all, it tells me that the pastor must be a worshiper. It tells me that the worship team is really a worship team. They're just not performing. They're just not playing their instruments. They're really worshiping. And I watched them, and they were worshiping. I mean, into it, deep worship. They didn't care whether you were here or not. They were going to worship God. Then I watched you, and I heard some of you. Some of you have beautiful voices. Some of you are making a joyful noise. But listen. Sometimes I'd rather hear somebody make a joyful noise, can't hold a tune in a bucket, but yet they're worshiping out of their spirit. It doesn't matter what it sounds like, it matter what it's like inside the heart. And time it gets to heaven, it sounds pretty good. But I observe your worship. Did my heart good. Love to be around worship. I'm not a worship leader. I wished I was because I love that worship. But I love just that atmosphere because it prepares the hearts of the people. It's a lot easier to preach when the worship's right. And when it's not right, it's hard to preach sometimes. So I appreciate you as worshipers. And to let you know that your pastor and his wife and your church is in my prayers every day. I have a list of pastors I pray for daily. And you're on that list. I didn't know what you looked like, all of you, but I prayed for you, and I will continue to do that and uh, speak God's blessings over what God is doing and has been doing through Pastor Allen and Yvette for all these years. How many years, Al, have you been here? 32 years. Woo! I've been in the ministry probably over 50 years, but I've pastored my church in Duncanville for 30 years. And then I turned it over to a younger guy. You've done longer than I have. God bless you. Uh, And pastors that last that long, what an awesome thing it is. And you've got a great pastor and his wife. And I know they love you. They talk about you in a good way and uh, talk about what God's doing. And to anyone that may be watching, we're online today, that are watching online, this service is for you too. It really is. I'm grateful that we learned how to go online and uh, preach the gospel literally around the world because right here from Granbury, Texas, you can reach the world. And it's an awesome thing to be able to do that. And so we welcome everyone that is online. So I'm excited about being here because I did not know that I was going to preach on this first Sunday of the year. I, I just have a routine where I get up and I begin to seek the Lord early in the mornings and been doing that for many, many years, and 
especially at the beginning of the year or looking forward to the new year. It's just something that stirs in my heart as it does all of us. Wonder what the Lord's going to do in the new year. And it's an, there's an excitement. And, and I was just seeking the Lord about that. And, and we always filter things uh, through our own mind and our own spirit and our own personality. When the Lord begins to speak to us, everybody's got a different kind of filter. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord, I just heard the Lord as I began to think about 2024. I said, Lord, What's going to happen this year? And I just heard it. This is the way I received the word he gave to me. I want you, 2024, I simply want you to kiss it. Kiss it. What? I could remember the scripture in Psalm 2 where it says, kiss the son lest he be angry. Worship Jesus lest he be angry. But that wasn't really it. And so I began to think about that old acrostic. Keep it simple, sonny. That's what I heard. Keep it simple, Sonny. Then as I began to meditate on that, I thought, well, I want to include others in this. So I'm going to say, keep it simple, saint. You've heard that acrostic before? How have you heard it before? Keep it simple. Let me read to you Proverbs chapter 30. There was a sage name of Agur, and he wrote this in Proverbs 30. He said, I am weary and worn out. Oh God, I'm too stupid to be a human, and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God can go up to heaven and come back down? Who holds the wind in his fist? Who wraps the ocean in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name? What is his name? Tell me if you know. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to all that come to him for protection. Do not add to his words or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Now here he is. Keep it simple. Oh God, I beg you two favors from you. First, help me never to tell a lie. That's a good request. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and insult God's holy name. That's what Agur said. Keep it simple. And he called himself stupid. I didn't call him that. That just means without knowledge, without common sense. But sometimes we just got to keep it simple. And I just, just kept hearing that. And I keep hearing that. Just keep it simple, Sonny. Keep it simple, saint. And I'm going to share with you what God has spoken to me about that. There's some great scriptures about that, and I'll share with you. Let me give you a little help as you uh, work your way through reading through the Bible this year. I, I did something. A pastor shared with me a uh, particular Bible app called Daily Audio Bible, D-A-B. It's a free app. And you can go on and get that. And I've done this probably for three, now three or four years. Uh, the gentleman that set this up, and now he's really all around the world, tens of thousands of people that are doing this. He will read through the Bible for you. First thing I do when I get up in the morning, go to my prayer place and I turn daily audio Bible on and he will read the Old Testament portion, New Testament portion, the Proverbs and the Psalm portion. 
and I just soak it in. Faith comes by what? Hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I find it, that was just a way that kept me on track. Uh, it didn't get me distracted. Sometimes I got distracted when I would read the word, but this helped me. And it may help you. So you can, I don't get, you know, I, I just, it's something that is in me and it may help you. And uh, I just read through it, been doing it, and uh, encourage you to at least give that a try if you find it difficult reading through the Bible. Let's pray together. And let's commit this time to the Lord. Lord, we just, I just want to stop just a moment and thank you for what I've experienced here this morning already. The worship of God, the worship that you deserve. Lord, you're seeking worshipers. And Lord, they're right here in this place today. And I thank you for that experience of being involved in the worship of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts. Lord, that we would Prepare ourselves for this year. Good things, great things are going to happen and you're going to allow us to be a part of it. Speak to our heart this morning, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 27, or verse 29. Out of the Good News translation, and I love this verse when I read it years ago. God has made us plain and simple but we've made ourselves very complicated. God has made us plain and simple. We've made ourselves very complicated. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 11.3, and he said this, I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity of, that is in Christ. Now, as much as lies within us this year, let's not try to complicate things, all right? This world is going to be complicated enough. It's 2024. What happens in 2024? What, what happens in 2024? An election. You don't think this world is going to get crazy? Going to get complicated? The devil is going to do his best to confuse us, try to complicate our life. Why? Because he wants us then just to step back and say, oh, I've had enough, and become complacent. But it's not a time to become complacent. It's a time to be doing something. So we're going to do something. We're not just going to do nothing. We're just going to learn how to kiss it, how to keep it simple, saints. Psalm 119, verse 30, New Living Translation says, the teaching of your word gives light so even the simple can understand it. Oh, I need that. Thank you, Lord. Moses, after he had given the law to the children of Israel, needed to kind of simplify things. And he wrote this in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Now, Israel, what does the Lord require of you? Here it is. I'm going to simplify it. Fear the Lord your God. Walk in his ways. Love him. Serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul. And keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good. He said, let me just keep it simple for you. Fear the Lord. 
Love the Lord. Obey his commandments. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived according to the word of God. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, you see how he had lived his life and he'd been kind of frustrated with life. And he'd kind of come to the end and he began to write all of these sayings and he came to the very end of that book and he wrote these words. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Here it is. I'm going to simplify it for you. Solomon says, fear God, keep his commandments, for that's all the duty of man. I like that. Fear God, keep his commandments, for that's all the duty of man. Jesus, one day, was around the religious Pharisees. And Jesus had to, as he was good at doing, rebuke these religious leaders. Because the religious Pharisees and Sadducees were very faithful to teach the law. So Jesus comes along and he tells them, you religious people, just shaking his head at them. He says, you tithe even to the herbs in your gardens. You tithe even out of the, the smallest thing. You give your tithe, but you've forgotten something. Justice, mercy, and truth. He said, you Pharisees are hypocrites. You crush people with unbearable religious demands and you never lift a finger to ease their burden. You make it complicated to get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus came to uncomplicate things. Religion had made it complicated. I want to say something to you. Religion today makes it complicated. I grew up in religion and always thought you had to do a lot of things to have God think you were okay. I, you know, I kind of viewed God as an old man up in heaven with a club in his hand. That's the way I viewed God. And if I messed up, boom, it will poke me on the head. And that was kind of my concept. You know, I wanted to do everything right. I wanted to obey the rules, and I was trying to do that. Didn't succeed very well, but that was what I was trying to do because I, I didn't want God to be angry at me. And there was a, another young Pharisee, wealthy man, that came to Jesus, Matthew 19, and he said, Now behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? What am I to do to carry out what God requires? Everybody wants to, God, we got to do something. The Pharisee, we got to do things. We got to obey these laws. We got to do something. We got to do something. We're always looking for something to do. And this young man, he was a Pharisee, a very religious person. So he, should, he knew Deuteronomy 10. And he knew that Micah, the prophet, had even kind of referred to that scripture in Micah chapter 6, verse 6, when he said, what shall we bring to the Lord? Should we bring her burnt offerings? Should we bow before the Most High with offerings of yearling calves? Should we offer him thousands of rams and 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Should we sacrifice our firstborn children to pay for our sins? It's got to be something we got to do to get right with God. And he writes this in verse 8. No, old people. The Lord has told you what is good and what the Lord requires of you 
Let's just keep it simple. Here it is. Do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Don't complicate it, he would say. I love what the message Bible, how it translates this. It says he's made it plain how we're to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just with your neighbor. Be compassionate. Love one another. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. I like that. Why don't we just keep it simple? Jesus had just fed 5,000 people. He had walked on water and the crowds followed him across the lake where he had walked to. And when they gathered around him because they were seeking him because of this great food they had just received, Jesus gathered them and replied to them, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy and your life seeking God and all that he can give you. God the Father has given me this seal of approval. He said, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And God's anointed me to tell you how you need to live. And it's just seeking him, seeking him, seeking me, walking with me, listen to me. Don't make it complicated. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants. This is the only thing he requires. Here it is. Believe in the one he has sent. That's it. Just believe in the one he has sent. Believe in me. What does that mean? What does it mean to believe in the one he has sent? I've even simplified that for me. This was for me. Now, I was, I've been preaching this message to myself for several weeks now. I want you to know that. I preach it to myself. Oh, God, help me get this. Because I don't know how to live a simple life. Sometimes I complicate things too much. And how can I live this out? And to hear that word, just believe in me. How do we believe in Jesus? It's not just believing in your mind about Jesus. Here's what I believe believing in Jesus means. It means that we trust him completely. That we love him supremely. He's at the top of the list. And we obey him willingly. Let me say that again. Now, I do encourage you to write some of this stuff down because I'm going to give you a homework assignment before I leave, okay? What does it mean to believe? It means to trust him completely, love him supremely, and obey him willingly. In 2024, I'm going to encourage you, let's do our best to keep it simple because as I said, this world is going to come at us fast this year. It's coming fast already, but it's coming at us fast. And if you listen to any kind of social media, wow. I do my best at the beginning of the year, especially, to try to tune out all the talking heads other than the spiritual talking heads that I listen to. I spend a lot of time on, I normally don't do this in the year, but I spend a lot of time listening and watching Christian television 
Man, I'm finding out something. There are some great things going on in the kingdom of God all around the world. I just saw recently there were 60,000 young people gathered at a conference worshiping the Lord. 60,000. I heard of a conference and a meeting in Africa where there are two to three million people gathered together to hear the gospel. And as I began to watch these Christian television and hear these preachers, some in mega churches, some in smaller churches, but they were hungry for the things of God. Their people were seeking God. And here at first of the year, they were praying and they were fasting and they were having meetings. And I'm thinking, Lord, things are good in the kingdom of God. You're moving in this world. The glory of God is falling upon us. And we hear so many negative reports, but when you hear God's report, you step out and go, wow, God, look what you're doing. And so I've been listening and I've been watching and I've been, and I'm encouraged what God is doing and what God is about to do. So I'm doing my best to keep it simple. And one of the things the Holy Spirit had spoke to me out of Philippians 4, 6, he said, now listen to me. He's speaking to me. He said, don't worry about anything. Ooh, that's hard. Let me say it again. He said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What do we need in 2024? We need his peace. When everything is falling down around us, everything's breaking apart, all the political activity is going on, and as I said, it's going to get crazy. When all that is being fired at us, the greatest thing we can walk in is the peace of God. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, son, I don't want you to worry about anything. I just want you to pray about everything. Just tell me what you need, and my peace will rule your heart. Can I read that to you? I read about peace in John chapter 14, verse 27, out of the Amplified Bible. This is Jesus. He's about to leave his disciples. He's going back to heaven where he belongs, where he will be honored. And he comes to his disciples, and he says, Peace, I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. The peace, he was saying, that I walked in when I was on, on earth. It was my peace. It was the peace I needed while I was here. He said, I'm going to heaven. I'm not going to need that peace while I'm there. But he said, I'm going to now will my peace, bequeath it to you to his disciples, and I believe to us too. Jesus has willed his peace to us. Here's what it is. Not as the world do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Here's the amplified portion of that. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Oh, I like that. Amen. Matter of fact, I liked it so much, I'm going to read it again. He said, stop allowing yourselves to be agitated, 
to be disturbed. Do not permit yourselves to be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, and unsettled. Why? Because I'm going to give you my peace and we can walk in his peace. Oh, I want that for this year. As crazy it gets around me, just going to walk in his peace. It's not going to be anything anybody can understand. People may look at you and say, how can you be so at rest? How can you not be troubled? Can't you see what's going on around us? Didn't you hear what they said on the news? Didn't you hear there's UFOs? Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't you hear these things? Yeah, I heard it. But I heard something greater than that. Amen. I got news greater than that news. And I'm not going to allow myself, and I have to work at it. I have to not allow myself to be agitated, disturbed, fearful, intimidated, and cowardly and unsettled. Heard the Holy Spirit again. He's speaking to me right out of the scriptures, Matthew 6, 31. Here it is again. He says, son, don't worry about all the things you see going on. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Here's what I need you to do. Seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and everything else you're going to need is going to be what? Added unto you. You're not going to have to worry about all of these things. Just trust me. I've got this. I know how it's going to turn out. He already, he's, he's seen the end of 2024. Amen. He's seen the end of the election. I don't know what's going to happen in this election. I know how I'm praying, but I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a clue. Because if I left it to myself, I would get confused and I would be unsettled. And at times I would get intimidated. I would get a little cowardly and maybe just want to kind of hide out and wait for Jesus to come back. Nope, not going to do that. I'm coming out front. We're going to accomplish God's will because God has a will for us and we're not going to work. And that sounds pretty simple. Let's don't make it complicated. As much as lies within you and it does lie within you because the Spirit of God is within you. Now let me take you to two chapters in the book of Psalms. And I just happen to have my new uh, living translation that I'll read from. But one Psalm, some of you may have already read this year, Psalm 24. That's a good Psalm to read for 2024. You're going to let this one just kind of be something you meditate upon throughout this year. Psalm 24. Now get this. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas, built it upon the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing 
and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. What do we need to do? Verse 7, open up ancient doors. Open up ancient doors. Let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. Let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the king of glory. Ooh, that'll sustain you throughout the year right there. Just realize that God is in charge. And all we have to do is open up the gates of our hearts and let him in, the Lord strong and mighty, and he will come in. I like the message translation of the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord invincible in battle. It says, God armed and ready for battle. God is armed and ready for battle. And guess what? He lives in us. The Holy Spirit has given us everything we need to fight this good fight of faith we're in. We can stand strong in the Lord and the power of his might, get ourselves clothed in the full armor of God and get ready to fight this good fight of faith. Psalm, just flip your page over, chapter 20. I'll just read the whole Psalm, but it says, in times of trouble, this is, a, this is my prayer for you today. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of God of Jacob keep you safe from all harm. May he send you help from his sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. May he remember all your gifts and look favorably on your burnt offerings. Let me just say something to you. Every time you give as a, a tithe, an offering to God, God is watching that. And that tithe, that offering has an assignment on it. Every word of God has an assignment. And when you give that dollar bill or whatever it is you give, it has an assignment. It's going somewhere. And God's going to remember your gifts and the sacrifice, the praise that you're offering up to God. Some of you worship today and you didn't feel like worship. You ever worship you didn't feel like it? Ever prayed when you didn't feel like praying? Uh, many times. I don't feel it, Lord, but I don't do it because I feel it. I do it because you're worthy. I'm going to offer this sacrifice of praise to you. And God says, I'm watching that. I'm paying attention to that. Verse 4, may he grant you your heart's desire. Make all your plans succeed. And then we will shout for joy when we hear of your victory. Ooh, I'm, Pastor, I listen to me. Your people are praying for a lot of things. Every one of you are praying for some individual things. You're asking God for this year. And when you get an answer to that prayer, you've got to tell the pastor about it. God answered my prayer. So we can rejoice with you. And we can shout to God, God, you did this. And we know it was you. There's no other way it could have happened. You ever had something that happened to you and you thought, boy, how did that happen? That had to be God. It's nothing else. That was God. God is doing, going to do that. He said, let us raise our banner in the name of our God. May the Lord answer all your prayers. Now I know that the Lord 
rescues his anointed king. He will answer him from the holy heaven, will rescue him by his great power. Some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God. These, those nations will fall down and collapse, but we will rise up and stand firm. Give victory to our king, O God. Answer our cry for help. Guess what? He's going to do that. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. You're going to hear more about Ukraine and Russia. You're going to hear about wars going on in places you didn't even, you don't even know the name of that place. There's wars going on. You're going to hear what's going on in Israel and Gaza. We're going to hear about it more and more and more. But we got to understand, God knows what's going on. And all we have to do is submit to him, keep it simple, saint, and let God just be God in you and for you. He's going to answer your prayers. When I send out my text that I send out on Sunday mornings to several pastors across our nation that are in our network, I send them uh, a text and I just told them of what I've been seeing in recent days of what's going on around the world. Great things. And I said, if 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is true, and it is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven. And I'll forgive their sin and I'll bring healing to their land. You know what? I believe that. And with what I've been seeing and what I've experienced in here this morning, guess what? God is hearing from heaven. And God is looking down and saying, mm, I, I hear it. I'll do it. I'll answer that prayer. He's going to do the prayers we're praying for this congregation that we're joined together, praying as the body of Christ. And for you, God's got prayers he wants to answer for you. Think about it. God cares about you. And as I was praying the day, he spoke to me. God spoke to me. That's an amazing thing to me. He said, son, here's how you can understand it. Keep it simple, sonny. He could have said the other. Keep it simple, stupid. But he didn't do that. <laughs> Keep it simple, saint. If you'll do that, I promise you, 2024, we're going to get the end of it. We're going to be saying, hallelujah. Look what God did. Started way back there in January. Look where we are today. I don't care, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I do care who becomes president because I think it's going to affect the direction of our nation and how we live. But regardless, I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to worry. God can use a Nebuchadnezzar or Cyrus. He can use ungod. He can use a Pharaoh. He can use pagans. God said, I'm in charge. Don't you worry. I guard the king's heart like I guard the water brooks. I got them. I got them. Don't worry about it. I believe we're going to see something that's going to baffle our minds this year. Pastor Allen, you're going to see some things. Some things you've dreamed about. But you haven't seen them yet. I have not seen nor heard nor has entered the heart of man what God has in store. This year, 2024, it's going to be a year that you're going to step back and say, he did it. He did it. Just what we ask him to do. 
Some of you that got lost loved ones, you're going to be saved this year. Some of you have got prodigal sons and daughters. May got any of those? God is devising a way. 2 Samuel 14, 14, God is devising a plan to bring those that have walked away from him back to him. He's devising a plan right now for your prodigal sons and daughters. Get ready. Get the rings ready. Some that are prodigal now are going to come home, and you're going to have to be ready to receive them. You're going to be able to put the ring on their finger, sandals on their feet, and robe of righteousness around them. Welcome them into the family of God. You ready for that? You ready? Well, I'm going to stop right there and just say, let's just all say it together. Keep it simple, saint. Look at your neighbor and say, keep it simple, saint. You, you saint, okay, do that, Nora. God is, I, I didn't introduce my wife, but my wife of 47 years and... Not only have we been married for 47 years, I met her when she was 15, I was 17. And we kind of hung out together for seven years before we got married. And so we've been together a long time. And God is still moving in our life. Matter of fact, says, where's the microphone? Because she saw something. We might as well just let her prophesy out here just say. Thank you. Oh. I, as we were uh, worshiping the Lord, I... I just had a vision in this church, and I was telling Sonny, uh, you know, we come from a background where where the favor and the glory of God has been released in his father's church when we were teenagers in Church on the Rock in the 1980s. And we always, it's a deep desire in our heart to see that kind of favor Amen. and revival continue for this generation. As I was praying that, I saw a fire light on the worship leader and go across, you know, like when a a gas stove, when you turn it on, it lights and it it goes all the way down the little funnel where the gas is coming out. I saw it light on the worship team and then come down here and across us, cross row, until it was lighting every head, no exceptions. You know, I believe, I declare that is a vision from the Lord. I don't really walk in seeing things like that all the time, so I believe that it is something God is going to do here. When I see that, I think... I, and I've also heard a prophecy about the glory of God coming this year on children, children's ministry, young children. Uh, isn't that what we need? Yes. Don't you want to see your children and grandchildren walking in there? Uh, I believe that that kind of glory is coming. Amen. We, we don't really know what the glory of God is. Uh, you know, it's hard to explain to people outside the church what is the glory of God that's what his dad used to preach that he became famous on television preaching about his hunger for the glory of God it's that shining glory that is on Jesus 
is going to come on the church because we're his bride. Amen. So it's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah. Amen. Let's stand together right now. We're going to believe that word, this word, and the way you get that flame, it says you've got to have that gas coming out of that jet. So you get that Holy Spirit coming out of you and when the fire of God comes, you'll light up too. Tongues of fire set up on each of them. Who I want it. I want it. Don't you want it? Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Lord, we want it. Lord, we want your glory. We want the fire of God to come upon us. Lord, we want it to come upon our children, upon our grandchildren. Lord, we want to see the fire of God burn brightly. Lord, that we can be a city set on a hill, Lord. Because so many people are walking in darkness and they need the light of your glory. And so, Lord, we're in agreement. This is the year, Lord, that we're going to experience that we've never experienced before. Lord, I'm grateful for everything that I've experienced in you. But, Lord, I know there's more. And so, Lord, I just submit to keeping it as simple as I can. Fearing you, loving you, loving others, and obeying your word. Lord, I give myself to that today. I surrender to that, Lord. The simple message of Christ. You just surrender yourself to him right now. Well, just ask the Lord for the fire to come. Knock that hunger in your heart. Thank you, Lord. And if you're here today and you've been away from the Lord, Maybe you've never even met the Lord. You've never sincerely given Him Him your heart. Will you do that today? Would you just take a moment just to surrender yourself to Him? Lord, I know I've not been right, but I want to get right with you on this first Sunday of this new year. Lord, I want to be right with you, Lord. I want to walk in your ways this year. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Give the Lord a clap offering right now for what he's doing. Pastor Allen, let me just say, I'll make a promise to you. I'm going to keep praying for you. I'm going to keep listening what's coming out of Granbury. I'm going to hear the shouts of victory coming out of Granbury. I come through this way a little bit because i got family that lives here. I'm going to listen to Pastor Allen because I'm in touch with him. But we're going to hear of the great things God has done. Amen? In the midst of deep sorrow I see your light is breaking through The dark of night
Before 